The Lord is my shepherd. I, I know that today, and I'm thankful that God has a, has a plan to restore every heart. God has a design to restore every life. God doesn't intend whatever was lost in the garden and whatever has been stolen from you by sin, whatever, whatever the devil took from you, God has a plan to bring it all back, period. God, that's the kind of a God that we serve. But it, it's a process. It's, uh, the, you know, salvation, can, it's, it happens in a moment. It happens by faith. It happens when, when you walk through that salvation experience that God challenges you to, repentance, baptism, infilling of his spirit. That happens. It's just, it just takes a moment. But then to walk on in God is a process where he begins this work in us and we follow through. And in that, in that period of time, God does a work of restoring. I, I find the entire process of restoration quite interesting. I, I had a, maybe it came from an uncle that I had. He had a, an old 64 Ford. He, he, he was very proud of. He spent a lot of time polishing and ordering parts and going to swap meets and putting that thing back together. He had, he had a couple of, of old Ford cars that, cars that he, he restored. So maybe, maybe some of it comes from that. I think restoration appeals to me on a few levels. I understand that the ladies in my life like to shop. But personally, there's only a few times that I can walk around Walmart's tool aisle and check out the electronic section before I get really, really bored. So some of the things that I enjoy doing is, you know, drop me off at an antique store somewhere and I'll be mesmerized by the old things while you're looking at stuff in packages. Uh, and somewhere in, in that little... Uh, uh, transition in my life where I get dropped off so they could shop without me saying, are you ready yet? <laughs> I uh, I get dropped off at an, an antique store or a Goodwill store or something like that. And, and I've enjoyed this, this uh, search for the things that you couldn't find at Walmart. Uh, some of the things that intrigue me lately, I have, I have them here on the platform with me. It's, it's Coleman stoves and lanterns and heaters and and maybe I didn't realize uh, until I began to look into a few of them, and I, I picked a couple up at a yard sale, and then in doing a little research, I realized people were dating them. And I'm thinking, how do you know when they were made? And, and I guess uh, I know, I know that now that Coleman lanterns, for instance, they have a date stamped on them. They're, they got their name there, and this lantern, for instance, is a, a Coleman 237 single mantle lantern. It was built in 1960. Not a big deal to some of you, but that was 11 years before I was born, and I've been called old. <laughs> I like it because it's not a steel tank. It's a, it's a brass tank on it, and, and it just, I guess that intrigues me. I, I, I think it's intriguing that <clears throat> Coleman had a wireless iron. There's a date on that somewhere. I don't have my glasses on to find it. I'm old. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's intriguing. Couldn't find that in the aisle at Walmart. It's just, they're just old. And there's tutorials online, and, and somehow I can justify the purchase and the effort and the fact that, you know, what would we do if we lost power? What do we cook with? You know, those months that we've gone without power in the last year. 
those uh, seasons that we've went without any heat in the house, or what would we ever do? So somehow in my mind, I've, I've uh, justified these purchases because what would we do? How would we iron our clothes if the power was out? <laughs> I think restoration appeals to me because, <clears throat> well, let's be real, I'm cheap. The upfront cost is usually low. The fact, that, the fact that others don't see or care about its intrinsic value, I think that speaks to me at some level. I think it's a reminder to me of an item's former worth, and I'm intrigued by the opportunity to exercise whatever abilities I have to somehow bring back a lost value to an item. That challenges me. It's fun. It's fun, the hunt to find something that you can't buy at Cabela's or Walmart. They aren't making any of these anymore. So you got to find it. you got to root it out. you got to dust it off. It's dirty when you get it. It's not shiny and new unless you pay a lot. But the reality is that all of these items right now, with the exception of one or two, are not functioning yet. Somewhere along the line, they were misused. Dirt got in where the fuel goes and plugged the generator. The fragile mantle that burns the fuel bright white has been broken or just shaken off, shaken loose. The seal that holds the caps on the fuel tank, some of them are brittle and no longer allow the tank to hold pressure. The pump's leather gasket is worn and dried with time and no longer pushes air into the tank. They've, they've been damaged by people. They've been damaged by time. They don't and didn't receive the care that they required. They, they just weren't really well taken care of. They're just like a whole lot of us. Parts broken, parts worn out, used, maybe abused. And now they are shadows of what they used to be, pictures of what they could be. They just need someone to restore them. It won't happen overnight, and it won't happen on its own. Somebody has got to be intentional. Somebody has to be. I mean, I'm talking just about these natural things, but... Somebody has to be intentional about doing the repairs. Somebody has to be intentional about knowing what happens. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll say it like this. Someone has to go back to some original owner's manuals and, and put some parts back in that need to be replaced. Somebody has to do a work of restoration. And, and I'd like to take the physical so we can mirror the spiritual for a moment this morning because all of us have a little bit of that wrong in us. And sometimes we need to take a trek back to the one that is able to do the restoration. We need to go back to the restore of broken lives. And we need to go back to the restore of broken hearts. And we need to go back to the restore that can reach in and repair and, and bring back to being what you were intended to be. We need to go back to God. That's what revival is all about. Revive us, oh Lord, was about setting our heart right and getting us put back in the right direction. But God doesn't want to leave us the way that he found, found us. God has an intention for us to become something greater than what we were. Our latter is intended to be greater than our former. The last shall be greater than the first. That's the God that we're talking about this morning. That's the God that we've been praising. That's the God that we've been celebrating. We're talking about a God that can restore this morning. You know, there's some people that have taken some of these Coleman lanterns and put battery packs and LED lights in them. Can I just say, that's, what a mess. <laughs> that, that's not what they were supposed to do. That's not what they were built for. Maybe that's just me personally. Sorry if you've done that. But somebody, you know, really what, what these were intended to do, you've got to go back to the owner's manual and find, you know, 
find the original need that they supplied the answer for. The reason that they were built, like this land right here. That's, a, that's in a bit of a mess. Looks like somebody abused that a little bit. But, but you know, you can find pictures online or videos online of these having been restored. And they've got beautiful, uh, beautiful glass globes. And they've got this beautiful white light shining. And the whole room is lit up from this little kerosene lantern. That, that, that happens. That, that can happen if you go back to the owner's manual. Can I tell you that the light that's on the inside of you can shine the way that it needs to and the way that God wants to if you allow him to do a work of restoration in your heart. But God has got to do that work. You, you can't do that work by yourself. You got to go back to an owner's manual. Can we, do I have to spell it all out for us this morning? We've all got to go back to an owner's manual. We, we got to get some service history and we got to realize maybe where some things went wrong, where we went off the road, where we got on the wrong path, the, the, the way that we got on the wrong direction and we've got to get ourselves back on in, in the right direction so God can do the work of restoration in our life that he wants to do. God is a restorer of every part of our lives. I'm grateful that God doesn't expect us just to act a certain, these look pretty good on the outside. But the problem is, is that not all of them are clean on the inside. This is a prime example. I, I thought I'd shine it up on the outside, but the problem is inside this, this fuel tank is there's a bunch of dirt that have got, that's got kind of built up over the, the, the history of the last 50 and 60 years. Somewhere people weren't careful when they were filling this thing up and, and over the course of time there's been dirt and sediment that's rested in there and, and it shouldn't rust. I mean, they're, they're chrome, but it's the dirt that's been put in from the outside. That happens in our life. We, we live in a world that puts dirt in us from the outside. Maybe it never really intended to get there. You didn't really want it there, but somewhere along the way, it just filtered its way in. It just made its way into your mind by conversation. It just made its way into your mind because of you were in a surrounding or a circumstance and, and something got opened up in you that you wish never had got opened up. And, and I just want to tell somebody that even though the, the dirt's on the inside, I know the one that knows the owner's manual very well and he can get the dirt on the inside, on the outside so you can become what God had designed for you to become. This light will shine, but your light will shine if you just let God clean you from the inside out. I'm grateful that we serve a God that can. God, you, God can clean you from the inside out. That's how God works, repentance. That's, that's when we stop acting the way that destroys us. Baptism is God cleaning us from the inside out. Spirit infilling is, is God filling us up with that holy ghost oil so we can let our light so shine before men so we can become what God intended for us to be. I'm grateful for that this morning. He is a restoring God. Joel speaks prophetically about Israel and all of us. In his writing about the great loss that their sin has caused, in Joel 1 and verse 2, he said, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Verse 3, tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left the canker worm hath eaten and that which the canker worm hath left the caterpillar hath eaten awake ye drunkards and weep and howl all ye drinkers of wine because of the new wine it's cut off from your mouth he said there's this opportunity that exists but somewhere the the the, the advance of the enemy has just destroyed 
four levels of destruction in your life. There's four levels of loss that have come in, the palmer worm, the locust. And, and if you, I won't take time, but, but I actually went through and, and looked at the destruction that each one of these uh, larvae ca- cause and the locust and how they're, the rapid reproduction, their voracious appetites, anything green is gone when they move through. The canker worm makes its way into the inner parts of the plant. By the time those four levels of loss and destruction are done, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. And sometimes in some of our lives, we can see how that the enemy has come in like a flood. And he has come in with four levels of destruction. He's impacted us at every part of our spirit being, our soul, our body, every part of us. He brings destruction to every area of our life. And when we look, it just looks like there is nothing left. But I want to remind someone today that God is a restorer. God is a restorer. I want to just talk about three areas that God restores. Number one, God is a restorer of your stuff. Because if you'll read on in Joel, it's not a hopeless end. It's an endless hope that God brings in chapter 2 and verse 23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. Hear this. And I will restore. Somebody said restore. I will restore to you the years that the yoke locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. In other words, everything that he said was going to happen in chapter one. Every bit of loss that he prophesied, everything that he said that occurred, those four levels of destruction, he comes back in chapter two and he says, even though that did happen, God is a restorer of everything that did happen in the years that the locust has they, all that happened. The locust ate it. The canker worm ate it. The caterpillar ate it. The pomo worm ate it. But God said, I will restore to you the years that. The years that you lost, God said, I can bring it back. The years that you missed, I can restore it. Whatever you missed in the moment when the enemy came in like a flood and you looked and it was just devastation and destruction, God said, I will bring back those years. I can do it. I'm the restorer. I'm the God that can. I'm the God that will. I can bring Bring it all back. I want to remind somebody today that you've got the right to ask for it back. You can say, God, I lost some stuff in a few years. I lost some stuff when I went on the wrong way. But my promise this morning is that you can bring the years that was eaten back. So God, our cry this morning is bring it back. Bring back whatever I lost in January of 2012. Bring back what I lost in February of 2013. Bring back what I lost in those Cheers! Bring it back. Someone clap hands to the Lord. We don't have a Sunday night service, so we may as well have Sunday morning and Sunday night all together. We may as well give it all we got in this one service that we've got. God said he could bring it back. I will restore. Why? Because he's a restorer. Whatever you lost, God can bring it back. The thief took it. The thief stole it. The thief ate it. He ate your stuff, but you have the, come on, we've got the promise right there in writing in Joel. God, bring it back. Bring it back. Not just your stuff, but God is a restorer of yourself. Your body's God's. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus restored the man with the withered hand. Restored. 
And Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus on the highway, begging. But he hears Jesus coming by. And many said, you know, Bartimaeus, keep it on, on the down low. Just be quiet. Don't make, a, don't make a mess. Don't make a stir. Quit, quit stirring everything up. But Jesus stood still. And what did Jesus say? I'm commanding him to be called. And, and they said, okay, Bartimaeus, get ready. He's calling for you. He cast away his garment. He wasn't going to need it anymore. He rose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. But Jesus doesn't just stop there because he's a restorer. He's a healer so he can restore his sight. But he doesn't just stop there. He said, <clears throat> Jesus said unto him in verse 52, he said, and Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He said, I'm making you whole. In other words, everything that you lost as a result of your sight, I'm bringing it back. I can make things whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. God could do that. That's the God that we serve. He just didn't heal him. He made him whole. If you look up that word whole in the Greek, it means absolute, complete. Whatever was missing, whatever was out of order, whatever was not right, he made it whole. The blind man in Bethsaida, he did it as well, made him whole. The lame man at the pool of Bethesda in chapter 5, if you look at verse 4, it says that it was just one man that made it into the pool when the water was stirred that was made whole. However, when Jesus came to that man who had an infirmity 38 years and saw him lying there, he said, uh, what will thou be made whole? Why? Why could he ask him that question? He just didn't say, would you like to walk? He didn't say, would you like to get up off the ground? You've been there 38 years. Uh, he just didn't say, aren't you sick of, of this pool, uh, pool of, uh, of troubled water? Aren't you just sick of being here with all these troubled people and waiting for troubled water? He said, wilt thou be made whole? He said, sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in, but while I'm coming, another steps down. But Jesus says, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. Why? Because God can restore whatever was lost. He was able to reach into whatever need that man had. I, I'm sure that there was some emotional baggage that he had. I'm sure that there was some psychological challenges that he had because of everything that he had been through. But the Bible says that when Jesus picked him up off that bed that day, that he walked away whole. I want someone to know this morning, the water's been stirred in the room today, and he wants someone to leave whole. Wilt thou be made whole? Because I know a restore. I know a restore of broken hearts. I know a restorer of broken lives. We can leave whole this morning. We can leave whole. If you look, I won't read through the remainder of that chapter, but if you kept on reading, you'd find multiple times where the word whole is used over and over again. Why? Because God wants to bring wholeness to our lives. And lame, the lame wasn't just Jesus. It was the disciples that were gifted with the ability to bring about this restoration in people's lives. In Acts chapter 4, verse 9, they, they talked about the lame man that was restored, absolutely perfected. That's what the, the scripture says, completely made whole, that he was restored. In Acts chapter 9, and Aeneas was, was restored. Jesus spoke to him and said, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise, make thy bed. And he arose immediately. Why? God is a restorer this morning. And I know that we've already prayed for Krista today, and I know that we're all concerned. And, and uh, we were, Kath and I were up late last night. Well, it wasn't that late, I guess. It was shortly between 9 and 10 p.m. And we were up and had prayer with them when they got the news that they were going to proceed with 
I'm going to proceed with surgery today. And we prayed with them and texted Greg this morning because as I was going through notes and as I was studying, I said, Greg, I want, I want to release a prophetic scripture. And I texted him and in Jeremiah 30 and verse 17, there's a promise there. Jeremiah said, for I will restore health unto thee and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast. That's the God that we're serving this morning. God was saying through, through Jeremiah, I will restore health unto thee. And I, I think that we have the right to declare the promises of God. I think it's in scripture for a reason. I don't, I don't always believe it's just coincidence that we preach a certain thing on a certain day. It's not in a catalog or a calendar somewhere. It's not a, a preaching schedule that's been given to us. The Holy Ghost leads us and God directs us. And I want someone to know today that God isn't just a healer. I, he's a restore that God can do that for I will restore health unto thee and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. And I wish someone would just get a hold of that promise with me right now. It'd be all right, as a matter of fact, if we just stirred Sunday morning up a little bit and stood up and said, God, we're asking for restoration of health right now. We're claiming it by the power of your name. We're releasing the power of your blood right now. I, I don't know when this surgery is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but God, here's what I know, that you can restore health. I know that you can use surgeons' hands, and God, I pray that you would surgeons' abilities. I, I know that you're able to do more than what we can imagine. You're able to restore this morning. I'm praying for a restoration of health. I'm praying for a restoration in her body. I'm praying for healing, God. I'm praying for deliverance from disease. I, I, I pray, God, for whatever we do know, we're praying for that, and then whatever we don't know, we're praying for that. God, we're asking for whatever's out of order to be put back in order right now. Father, we're asking right now that whatever is there that shouldn't be there, God, that it would be removed. But more than that, Father, right now we're praying for restoration in her body that whatever should be there isn't whatever has been removed by disease whatever has been removed God by by the enemy's hands whatever has been removed I'm praying father right now that you would restore it bring it back restore health restore healing God restore it right now come on I I know I've got the microphone so I can talk a little bit louder, but would someone just kind of bear down on that for a moment? Would you just dig deep in your heart, dig, dig, dig deep in your spirit, and begin to pray in the name that's above every name? Somebody claim the blood that was shed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, we claim your promise this morning. You will restore health. You will heal. God, of every wound, I pray, God, do that work right now. Do that work in her body. Do that work in her. God, every person that's sick in the room, we're not just not riveted on an individual, but God, we're praying for everybody under the sound of our voice right now. Jesus, they may be here in this room. They may be at home watching online. This may be a future God replay for somebody. But I ask, God, would you let your healing virtue flow? God, would you touch right now? Would you touch in this room someone that's seated or somebody that's standing? God, they made the effort to be here, but they're not well in their body. I pray healing, God. I pray your deliverance. I pray, Jesus, bring health. God, restore. Restore this morning. Restore this morning. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Restore. God wants to restore not 
just your stuff and not just yourself, but God wants to restore your soul. God has an intention for intimacy with him and everybody. God intends for you to be in relationship with him. That's what God designs and desires. The enemy is fiercely fighting that. I don't know if you heard it when I came in this morning. I really got to jot a note to the city about the music choices from Royal Field. I think it was 1039 this morning. I was up in the upper study and, and all I could hear was, we're on a highway to hell. I was like, no, we ain't. <laughs> Talking about a God that can restore. Amen. The reality is, is we all were on a highway to hell. But now we're on a highway of holiness. Now we're on a highway to heaven. Sing it the way that you need to sing it. I, I just want to make a declaration that God is a restorer of relationship that we have with him. God not only wants to restore our stuff, and God not only wants to restore ourselves, but God wants to restore our soul. No wonder the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. The psalmist was saying, in other words, when, when God can clean your heart up, when God can clean you up, when God can clean the inside, there's something that happens. There's a restoration of joy that occurs in your spirit. There's a restoration of joy of salvation. And you get upheld with thy free spirit. God's spirit literally holds you up. That's the God that we serve tonight, today. He can restore peace. He can restore hope. He can restore faith. He can restore confidence. He is the restorer today. Music team, if you come back, we're coming in for a close. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what Isaiah said. He hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. This is what God can do with our hearts. To point unto them that mourn in Zion. He gives unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. God gets tremendous glory when he does a work of restoration in our hearts. The only thing that God needs is a go ahead from you. God, you have a green light work in my life he restores our soul it was Isaiah 61 and verse 4 it's one of the theme scriptures for pastor his leadership in our assembly and our team we've adopted it as a theme and a mission scripture it said that they shall build the old wastes, Isaiah 60, 61 and verse 4. They shall raise up the former desolation, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. That God could do that work through us is a miracle. I believe that God could put everybody in the room on a highway of holiness this morning. I believe that God could put ACDC on a highway of holiness today. That's just the God that we serve. If you backed up in that chapter, 
That's our theme scripture. But if you backed up just a few chapters, you'd find in Isaiah 58, verse 12. It says, And they that shall be of thee shall build the old places, and thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, and then what? The restorer of paths to dwell in. That God wants to allow our church to become a beacon, a city on a hill, a place where people can come and that God can restore stuff, self, and soul. That's what God can do. That's the God that we serve today. So I don't know. I, I don't know what you came in laden down with. And I don't know how dirty some of us have got on the inside. I, I, I don't know. I can't, do, I can't do the inspection that God can. But here's what I know. If you will bring your life to him, that all of the dirt on the inside that shouldn't be there, God can remove it. It may, it may happen in a moment of repentance. It, it can happen in a, in a moment where you're baptized in his name. The, the enemy, somewhere along the line, you may have been this, in this 40 or 50 years and the dirt still may have accumulated. That's what repentance is all about because it puts us back in right standing with God because God has an intense desire to restore us today. He is a restorer. But that can only happen. He's a gentleman. God won't impose himself on individuals. That can only happen if our prayer is, restore us, oh Lord. That's the only way it can happen. If we give him the green light, if we open the door of our heart, then he will open the windows of heaven. And we have so much that we have to receive. Does anybody just, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but let me just challenge you before we just think the sermon's for somebody else before we just kind of get ready to move on to dinner and the remainder of the day or small groups tonight. I, I don't know what all plan you have for the afternoon. I hope it's, some of it's involved in praying for Pastor. He's preaching a few services today. I hope it's in prayer for our small groups tonight. I, I'm praying that God does miracles around coffee tables tonight. I'm, I'm praying for all. I'm praying that God does a miracle at the deck today. I'm praying for that. I'm asking God to do that. But before we get focused on what's left in the remainder in the rest of the day, I wonder if we can focus on what God wants to do here right now. I wonder if we can just take a moment and, and let the word do an internal look at our heart and an internal look at our life. And, and God, if there's something there that shouldn't be, God, if there's something that's been clogged up or messed up along the way, would you do a work of restoration in me? today I wonder if you'd stand together with me the sermon is finished but I do believe that God is still at work sometimes we take a long time to do the altar call we try and push emotionally and man I don't have an emotional bone left I've, I've just I don't have any of that left it's only the Holy Ghost that can do the work this morning so I want, I want God just to do that work but how many would let God work this morning? God will work if we'll let him. That's word. But I, I, I wonder if you would. For someone, it's the altar that God's calling you to today. It's this place of sanctification and separation. It's this place where we lay our lives down and we say, God, I'm laying it on the altar today. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that has the courage to leave where you are, to come and say, God, I'm leaving some things on the altar today. I, I need you to restore, but in order for you to restore, I gotta lay some things down. I gotta put my life in your hand. I, I gotta let you work the work of restoration in me this morning. I'll pray, but feel free to come while I'm praying. Jesus, 
we leave this in your hand oh marvelous restorer we're asking if you would do your work today father i'm praying for hearts and lives got people that life's been unfair to god that sin has had its devastating reach and effect on them maybe it was partly their fault maybe it was all their fault or maybe it was of no fault of their own but god sometimes we all need the work of the restorer in our lives so father this morning we are praying that you would work with your almighty hand jesus i thank you for healing bodies but someone this morning needs their soul restored they need healing on the inside their mind their their body god they're mourning a loss they're god they're disturbed about a circumstance they have no peace left it's all been stolen away by the enemy but jesus this morning you come to restore you've come to restore us to become what you're calling us to be today oh come on i i, I believe that that someone you, you you're just about there you almost took that step you almost made that move but it, what's so significant about an altar it's a place of a sanctification it's a place of separation i i wish you'd just come just just as you are this morning there's no requirements there's no there's no prerequisite you don't have to have anything done to make a move toward god his arms are open the door's ready he come on he's just asking come on come on come on we're gonna pray in a minute we're gonna pray together Now those are, there are many that need that touch in their life, but there are many that God's done that work for you already. I wonder if you would come in alongside these folks, and we're going to pray together in just a moment as we close service. But I wonder if you would come and join us in praying for someone else. If you, you may not need this today, but there's somebody that does. You may not, you, you may not feel like this is your sermon today, not for you, but, but I wish you'd come and help us pray for someone that said, I needed that today. I needed that this morning. I need God to do a restoration in my heart. I need God to do that work in my life. Father, reach this morning. Reach this morning, Jesus. Restore us, oh God. You want to restore our soul today.